come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good girl's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Adrian. Polter guide, Debbie. She... After the football game, we left her on the bench. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's fine. She said she had a ride, so we we bailed. I'm sure <laughs> good friends we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. It has been a minute, and happy uh, Women in Horrors Month to everybody. And uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, we discussed Freaky, uh, the 2020 film, and yeah, how has everybody been? Man, I don't think that's a question you ask this year. No, but the year's still early enough. I continue to breathe. Yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I had actually thought about being like, hey, we had a big break. What have you guys been doing? And then I was like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> I think there's a good chance like most of the people don't have anything good to add there. So we'll just uh, yeah, existence, continued existence is enough. That is true. And I'm fine with that. All right. So we ready to get into Freaky, everybody? Let's get Freaky. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Oh. Oh, yes. No, go ahead. I was going to say, did you like it? Did you not? Oh, yes. yes. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, let's do that. Let's go around. Did you like I, it? Did you not? We That's... have to remember how we record these episodes. Like I said, how, it's. How do we, Kevin? Yeah. How do we, Kevin? We are recording, right? We are. <laughs> we, we're good. Uh, actually, I, I did like it. This is the this was the second time I watched it. We actually uh, masked up and braved the theater and saw it uh, originally back in November. And just, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't see it until a week ago. And um, originally I was very excited about it. And then I started hearing some controversy and then I was less excited about it. Uh, but when I actually watched it, I was highly entertained through the, through the entire movie. I was very pleasantly surprised by um, multiple aspects of it. I did not see it. In the, I didn't even know that it came out in the theater. I saw it. Uh, last week also um and honestly the first 10 15 minutes i was not into it and i was like oh no <laughs> uh, i hate this um but around the point that vince vaughn shows up which is probably true of a lot of movies i'm realizing as i say this it really picks up um and uh and i ended up really enjoying it despite that first 15 minutes you know I know we don't usually have discussion on this point, but when the when the gay kid showed up, I was like, oh, come on, it's 2020. Can we please not have the cliche high school gay kid? I was not a fan of the predatory gay kid. Yeah. I like when he showed up, it was I was full on like cringing in my chair, like, oh no, what have and, we done? And wasn't there even a rape joke in there with um, him? He would he was very predatory. Like they were really, really leaning into this, like gay kid getting straight boys and just, uh, I did not, there may have been a rape joke that I just like, yeah. it, there was, it was definitely a dubious consent joke. Yeah. yeah. 
Because um, I know I what did, you're talking about. I did end up enjoying that character by the time the movie was over, but boy, was I not excited about his introduction. That whole first 15 minutes is real fucking rough. I don't know what the hell was going on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of cliches and it was just, oh, he was so uncomfortable. I was like, because I thought the same thought that you did, Donna. I was like, it's 2020. What the fuck are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Not defending it by any means, but I wonder if that was the point because you have that opening number, which feels like an 80s slasher and it's purposely doing everything an 80s slasher would have had in it, even with, I like I said, not defending, but even with him. I think you're right. I think that's what they were going for. I'm not saying it was executed well. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is like, I think that's exactly what they were going for, but I think they missed. Yeah. Like, I don't think they hit the right level of camp to make any of it actually work. They found the camp. I, I I would say about halfway through, they found the camp note they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Then found they, its groove. Yeah, because you are right, though. Yeah, it is. It takes a bit to get going, and what they're trying to do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was missing, but I like. I very much did not like any of the characters to begin with. Like in that 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 opening segment, I didn't like any of them, and so I was like, maybe I'm just supposed to be happy when they die. But I wasn't even happy when they died. I was just like, thank God that's over. What's the rest of this movie going to be like? I was also a little bit confused because the white blonde girl in the first part looked exactly like the white blonde girl that's the main character. And I was like, I don't know, maybe you don't need this many white blonde girls in your movie. That is something I don't know if either of you noticed, but all the victims were white. There was not a... I didn't notice that. Yes, they were. They, there was not a minority victim. They were all. They made they made some decisions with this movie. They, they made did some choices, which they, makes some of the other decisions, like the introduction of um, the, what is that character's name? I like I as a person don't want to go through the rest of this podcast calling him the gay kid. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I will look up his name right now. I'm looking up the cast right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just I just realized it was happening, and I was like, the fuck? Okay, so his name is Josh. And um, IRL, he looks like he looks like North Star. Oh my God, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Josh, they made some decisions, which makes the introduction of Josh seem even weirder to me. I don't. Yeah, I think they hadn't found their camp groove, what they were going for. So that's why that first half is rough. Yeah, like I said, I'm not defending it. I have no stock in the freaky film (laughs) but i think that was the idea okay by the way i guess we should also warn we're heavily into spoiler territory with this and uh, yeah but our good buddies at imdb if you don't know what free is about after swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent it's not wrong no, it's just, I mean, it's, it's IMDb. It's a very basic, you know, it's, it's, it's a very generic. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more going on than or, that little plot nugget there. Oh yeah. I don't like, I want to know, is, did, some, did somebody get paid to write these really, really boring synopses for IMDb? And how Someone? much is the pay 
And can I get paid more if I did it better? Like one cent a word, maybe three cents a word. I mean, that's actually a lot and more than I get paid. (laughs) So, so I could be down for that. (laughs) Yeah. I think my top that I've ever been paid was two cents per word. And I was really proud of that. So, well, let me ask you guys, we've got a couple of related, pretty heavy topics to discuss with this movie. Do we want to start with the heavy subjects or save them for the back half? Let's do, let's do one heavy right now. A sandwich. Yeah. A layer cake. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. So why don't we talk about the use of pronouns in this? I spent this entire movie waiting for them to be overtly transphobic. And I was so impressed that by the end of it, not only had they not been overtly transphobic, but they had even called out the use of pronouns and then done it in a respectful manner. I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to be like the transphobia police here that it's entirely possible that I missed something, but I was so nervous and then just so elated at the end of this movie. There were at least two points where characters corrected each other on pronouns. When the body switch was in effect, they consistently referred to uh, Millie in Vince Vaughn's body as she and Vince Vaughn in Millie's body as he and would correct people who didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but they also, um, it would have been very easy to make a joke about um, the gender of the bodies or to like try to belittle um, Millie in uh, the killer's body. What is wrong with me and names? Well, he doesn't have a name. He's oh, he just doesn't. He's just the butcher. Yeah, yeah Millie a- in yeah Millie in the butcher's body. Um, and they they didn't like they never made a joke about gender at all. Really, the like, closest they came was the butcher did grab Millie's boobs, but it wasn't one of the things that I appreciated in the, in the characterization that that she did as a physical actress was that it wasn't sensual or sexy it was like a what the fuck is this what right. the fuck are these yeah 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 it wasn't like hey i'm gonna mess around with them no it was like i'm what what do i do with these mm-hmm. what? which i mean mood <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so uh i i left this movie really really just impressed with how easy it would have been for them to make these jokes and that they didn't Mm-hmm. Um, well, you, you mentioned, um, let's, I was so impressed with the physical acting that, that these, in fact, I really think the girl that played Millie was better at the physical acting than the older, more experienced actor of, of Vince Vaughn. But man, as soon as she woke up or he, I'm going to, I'm going to try and respect pronouns as well as the movie did. As soon as he woke up in Millie's body, well, Actually, I was talking about the actress. So she, <laughs> as soon as she woke up playing the butcher, her entire physicality had changed. Her, her face was just a very flat affect. Um, her, the way she walked um, kind of slumped over and just very slow and deliberate about every movement. Um, it was like, no, nah, man, that's, that's the butcher. That's, we just saw the butcher. That's the butcher. I don't feel like Vince Vaughn captured her physicality quite as well, but I absolutely loved the bumping his head on things um, because, you know, Millie was short. 
and Vince Vaughn is kind of yeah, I was just five five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think the casting with this was with those two was really well done because I think he was cast not for his menacingness. I think it was for the humor aspect because that's kind of what he's known for. And I think with her, um, since we haven't seen that actress in a lot of things, I think she could be a blank slate and then just make the butcher her own. And she why played Castiel's daughter? Well, Jimmy Novak's daughter, but in Supernatural. That was way after I stopped watching. So that's why I said, I don't think she, that's why I was like, I don't think she's been in a lot. <laughs> she was also in Blockers, which was another surprisingly good movie. Was she in Blockers? Oh my gosh. She was Julie in Blockers. Okay. Yeah, Blockers actually was surprising. It was it was more it was better done than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> i did not go see blockers because i was like oh that looks like american pie um and oh, that was that was the 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 one where the parents are trying to keep their kids from getting laid specifically because i feel like this is important and i don't know i missed it in the original marketing the parents are trying to keep the girls from getting laid on prom nights and Aside from one scene, this was a shockingly like forward-thinking movie about the sexuality of teenage girls and also really, really funny. And the one scene that I didn't really like in it, welcome to this podcast about blockers. Um, <laughs> the one scene that I didn't really like in it, it's not there for me. It's like, it's there for the men who want to control women's sexuality. It's it, it's it's a scene for them for those who have gotten that far into the movie, and so it doesn't. I don't. It's not for me. I wish it weren't there, but I understand its presence in the movie. Uh, she was also in Detective Pikachu. Okay, that's probably because they they played that trailer everywhere. That's probably why her face looked familiar to me. Is probably because of that. But yeah, I think casting. I think that was you know she was. She's done some things, but not, you know, a lot of things that she can, you know, she could basically make the butcher her own where yeah. leave the comedy to Vaughn. Well, it's funny that she played uh, Jimmy Novak's daughter because like she did have a very Castiel way. Like when Misha Collins was on Supernatural, you could always tell when he like the difference between Jimmy and Cass. And then also when he was playing Misha Collins, like all three of these characters had such different physical ways of existing in the world that they, they were entirely different. And, uh, and she, and she Lucifer. very much did the same thing. And yeah. She, and then there was one shot of hippie Cass. I don't because the future Cass future, future hippie Cass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, you're, you're right. Misha Collins is, is, not nearly as appreciated as an actor as you should. Mm -mm. Um, but yeah, so she definitely brought that to this movie. I have just established my own head canon, which is that Misha Collins taught her that. Taught her that. <laughs> <laughs> head canon accepted. Um, yeah, I think that she did a really, really good job of portraying the butcher as we had seen him before. And I definitely don't think that Vince Vaughn was portraying Millie as we had seen her before. However, having said that, his performance was still a lot of fun. And so even though I was kind of annoyed that he wasn't Millie, it was really hard to be mad about anything he was doing. How about that scene in the back seat with the, uh, with the kid Millie had a crush on? Maybe we should wait to kiss until my hand isn't bigger than your entire face. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but just Vince Vaughn looking like he really wanted that teenage boy to kiss him. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that's an uncomfortable sense. Hang on. I love that whole scene because <laughs> of that aspect. Because that that like I felt like that was part of the joke. <laughs> it's just like, are we gonna make this teenage boy kiss Vince Vaughn? <laughs> and and so I like it felt if it, it felt like a it, it felt fun. Like they were both in on this joke. I don't know. It, it like I really enjoyed that scene too because I did feel like Vince Vaughn was doing such a good job of portraying like like when when Booker was like can I come back to the back seat? And Vince Vaughn was like giddy, like, oh my God, he wants to come back to the back seat with me. Like, and then trying the casual, if you want, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. Just everybody's, everybody's performance. You hear my voice cracking. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> everybody's performance was just, it felt easy and not like nobody felt uncomfortable with these gender roles being swapped. Mm-hmm. And that felt really, really refreshing. Well, and it could have, this movie could have went so many ways wrong and that they didn't, that they took care to make sure that it didn't. And it, you know, if this would have been done two years ago, five years ago, it would have been, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't, and they yeah. would, it would have, it would have, it would have just been icky. For lack you know, of that is remarkable. Actually, now that you say that, I'm thinking even two years ago, this movie might have been a transphobic disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep like looking for a way to casually work into the conversation. Like, hey, everybody, I'm trans and I haven't found it yet. So like, I don't know. There it is, I guess. There you, you just <laughs> did. <There you> go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super cash there, Adrian. Yeah. Super cash. I have zero chill. <laughs> So congratulations. And yeah, thank you. We we love you and um, support you and are very proud of you. It's yep. funny that this was the first movie that we ended up doing. I it was really honestly a total accident, but like, yay! Oh, and the voice cracking is because I started testosterone, so that's fun. But anyway, moving on with the movie. <laughs> Seemed like it was it would be relevant, and like I was like, I'll find a way, and then there just wasn't. So, um, but yeah, it's. I, I do enjoy that the way that the movie failed for me was not hitting the level of camp that they wanted to at the beginning rather than any of the ways that I expected. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that this, um, unless we have more to say on the physicality, I was going to segue into comedy. I was just going to say that um, I um, really kind of appreciated both of them being uncomfortable in their new body. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I think you know, again, like a couple of years ago, they probably would have blown this, but neither one of them were really comfortable. Millie kind of enjoyed being so strong, you know, when, when, when Millie encountered that guy that had bullied her, she really enjoyed being able to be strong and big and powerful. But for the most part, you know, she was, she was not comfortable in that body. And, you know, uh, the butcher was constantly complaining about being in this little body. Being so small. Yeah. Also mood. fucking useless. <laughs> so um, that was just related to the physicality. It was something I really appreciated that they that they made the choice to have both of them uncomfortable in mm-hmm. their body. I actually, the more I think about it, I actually think this movie is kind of about trans in a way. It's It's got, I mean, I don't think that you can do a, body, a gender swapping movie without touching on that. And, uh, and I think that the ways that they did, they like, it didn't feel bad or gross while I was watching it. 
And, uh, and I don't know, like, I wish that it weren't, that weren't such a big deal, but it is. <laughs> it's just, it's just a nice, refreshing shit. It really is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ultimately I ended up liking Josh, the predatory gay boy. Mm-hmm. Um, they toned it down a lot as the movie went on and let him become like an actual character. I really liked the scene with his mom when he was trying to convince her that he and Millie were doing like role play games. Yeah. And she, she was just like, she was like, you are gay. <laughs> I know one thing about my son and that is that he does not like girls. Well, and I um, liked, and I liked with the mom, you, you knew her saying that she knew her son. Like you saw all the pictures of them doing different things mm-hmm. behind them. Like this was a woman that it wasn't just, no, she knows her son. She knows her yeah. son is lying. Mm-hmm. She knows that this is bullshit. And, you know, and it was just a real subtle way to tell everything you needed to know about that mom with seeing the different pictures of all of them together doing yeah. different things. Like, yeah, like he, he she loves her kid. Yeah. And like and it's not like, yeah, um, it was just I don't know, man, it like everything was just really well done. You know, the picture of the bully when you. Google the the freaky cast is actually Vince Vaughn holding him up against the wall. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, I will say one thing this movie did that made me laugh, but I mean, the movie made me laugh anyway, but they made Cameron from Ferris Bueller unlikable, which is very yeah. hard to do. Very hard to do. They but made nonetheless, they, there he they, is old, gray, be, uh, you know, facial hair, and still, as soon as he was on camera, and I was, camera, I was like, "It's Cameron." Uh, I did not really. It took. I, I I spent most of the time being like, "Who the fuck is that?" Um, <laughs> yeah, they they succeeded in making him unlikable, which is very hard to do. The the only problem I had with it was I never really felt like I got a clue why he had such dislike of her. You know, okay, so as someone that had an awful male teacher, hmm. uh, and I know that I didn't do anything wrong, and he just decided he didn't like me, I got that. Like, mm-hmm. this was just for something, maybe one day how she walked in, he just decided he did not like her. Like, I, I got that. Like, so yeah. I didn't, you know, I guess I didn't need a reason, because <laughs> it's like, I've, I've met that man, that man's an asshole. So <laughs> I've had I've had shitty teachers before too and they were most of them were female so maybe that's a difference but I didn't I felt like he kept changing his opinion on her and I and I I was with Donna is like I just didn't understand exactly what his problem with her was because she seemed very mousy and like she didn't want attention mm-hmm. and he would like yell at her about that and then he would yell at her about wanting attention and I was like Pick a lane, dude. That's the thing with a teacher like that. It that's that's par for course because the one I had just I it did not matter what I did, I could not do anything right. And it was that be quiet, don't be you're now you're not participating. Now you're so yeah. Um, I think that was a little bit of a microcosm of of kind of how women are treated by society. You're a prude, or you're a slut, or you're you know you're 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 not ambitious enough, or you're too ambitious, or you're you're a bitch, or you're you know just um like there like there's no winning. So yeah, so yeah, I guess that's why I didn't I didn't need to see motivation or see something Millie had done because it's like no, I lived that man. That was my entire seventh grade year. Fuck that guy. <laughs> 
Well, I don't think she did anything to be clear. Like no, he no, was no. clearly I'm, a fucking dick. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I don't think she did anything either. That's why I said, I think she just, he made an assumption. She walked in, you know, just on the day one, she walked in. Now maybe mm-hmm. I'm projecting some of my own <laughs> shit with that because that was with me, mm-hmm. but that's, yeah. Okay. So he was, he was horrible. And yeah. I didn't mind seeing him die. I didn't mind seeing him die either. And I will, yes, he was horrible, but I will say that I like that they didn't take the easy way with making him horrible and make him a sexual predator. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that could, would have been the low hanging fruit, I guess, if you will. You mean like they did at the end with like five guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like fine. The high school guys, that's fine. But with the, the, the teacher, you know, that was a, a little bit of a change. So did anyone else notice nods to other horror films in this? Because I've got a handful that I that I caught. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us about them. Uh, well, the I mean, I kind of mentioned it earlier that that first set of kills that's very 80s slasher. And specifically enough, how Vince Vaughn was moving in those scenes was Jason, very Jason-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, His mask was very... Um... Leslie Vernon, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. It was very. Um, and then when Millie wakes up in his den, if you will, dude, that is like 1980s maniac. Like that is like from maniac. Like you're like, that's ooh. Um, it was such a good den, though. Like It was. It was like legitimately, if not for the broken windows, I would happily rent that loft. It was good space. It was good space. And I mean. And then, of course, Booker's last name was Strode, which that just made me giggle. But yeah, did you guys catch any others? Or, um, I mean, all of the I think all of the kills were kills that we've seen in other movies, right? Mm-hmm. The bottle, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The the uh, the table saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, her on the the in the in the opening, pinning the girl to the door or the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, also, is it scream? I, well, I mean, I guess this happens in a few movies. I wanted to say that it was um, Drew Barrymore in Scream, but it's also a li- like some shades of Sarah Michelle Gellar in I Know What You Did Last Summer, where in that opening scene, you've got the girl who sees help. Help is right there, but they can't hear her. And then she dies anyway. Like, and was it now? OK, granted, it has been so long since I saw Scream and maybe we should watch it. We should do it for a podcast. So I have an excuse to rewatch it. But didn't Drew Barrymore in Scream? Did Drew Barrymore's parents like drive up and she went, "Daddy," before yeah. she died? Yeah, yeah. She's they're like getting out of the car and she's mm-hmm. she's she exhales and then starts to say his name and then that's when when he goes, stabs her. Yeah. yeah. And so then as she's dying, she's like, "Help, Dad." Yeah. 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 So I think actually all of the kills might be from other movies. Yeah. What we're talking about here, this is why I give Blumhouse a lot of, uh, why I always give their stuff a chance, because when they hit, they hit. Like, there's Mm -hmm. just, there's a lot of things that they do right. And so, on their misses, I'm like, all right, well, you know what? Tried. You throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. It's, there's a a certain respect for their source material and what they're doing that you don't necessarily get in other places. Like, for a long time, I would say that I didn't like horror comedy, 
And I've sort of come to the realization that that's not exactly true. I don't like horror comedy that doesn't respect where it's coming from, like fucking scary movie and all of its which are making fun of horror movies. Yeah, like horror movie is the horror movies are the punchline there. But movies like this, movies like Behind the Mask, uh, movies like Scream, um, as much as I don't really want to invoke the name of Joss Whedon right now, movies like I think we have to acknowledge because of the name of our podcast, The Cabin in the Woods. Oh shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know, I just realized that too. Um, yeah, so so I think when you respect the source material, what you end up with is something entirely different than um than when you don't. Uh I'm gonna really unpopular, controversial opinion here. I fucking hate the Big Bang Theory. I don't think that it's comedy for nerds. I think it's comedy about nerds. Like Dungeons and Dragons should not be the punchline to your joke if it's comedy for me. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons can be your setup. You can make a joke about dice or, you know, murdery evil parties who are supposedly good or a million things. But your punchline shouldn't be Dungeons and Dragons. And I feel like that's where so much horror comedy lands versus this, which actually feels like it does enjoy the things that it's pulling from. Well, it's one of those, you know, another way to say it is you're we're in on the joke. We're not the butt of the joke. Exactly. And that's when when horror comedy is done right, then yeah, it's it's all one where we're all collectively like, (laughs) you know, where Mm -hmm. it's, you know, where it's when it's done poorly, it's like, well, that that's not nice. That's hurtful. You you know, another reason that Big Bang Theory is not for nerds. Now, I have watched it and I have enjoyed it, but there are girl nerds. You guys, you assholes. There are girl nerds who like D&D. And who like video games, okay? I've gotten her very angry. Yeah, I've gotten her very <laughs> angry. <laughs> but sorry, yeah, it's just every one of the girls is like, ooh, D&D. And I'm like, even, even, um, I've forgotten her name. Lamb Blossom. Blossom, yeah. Even Amy Blossom. Fairfowler. Yeah, Amy Fairfowler. Yeah, that one. Um, sorry. Is, 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 she's not a nerd. Okay, she's not. She's not a nerd. Because what... What she is, is a smart girl. That's what she is. She's a smart girl, but she's not. A- so this movie, I'm sorry that I got us off on a tangent. <laughs> um, that was, I think that was all I had about that. Okay. I kind of was intrigued by the uh, entire family being traumatized by the dad dying. Uh, Millie's family. Um, like, you know, Millie's mom was clearly not dealing well. Um and Millie's sister, I went, actually, let me ask you guys, did you like Millie's sister or no? Because I went back and forth on whether or not I liked her the whole movie. I love her. I actually, I, I, I would I, die for her. I liked her a lot just because she, out of the three of them, she seemed the most, she seemed like she was the one that was having to deal with this the best that she could because she is. Take, you know she is taking care of her mom she's worried about her younger sister and uh yeah i think yeah i think she was basically stepping into the caretaker role if if you will and not loving it she wasn't happy about it no she wasn't happy about because she's a young woman you know and mm-hmm. she's having to do this you know you know maybe she's not wanting to do this but with her being in with her being an officer she's a breadwinner you know she's a breadwinner her mom is working maybe part-time in retail and she's just 
trying to keep the lights on. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I liked her. All right. So if no one else has anything, let's move into the question of the hour. Is this movie transphobic? I think it's a difficult question to answer clearly because um, I think sort of the nature of like, like bleh, because I would say that it's not, but I can't speak to somebody else's experience. It's entirely, like I said before, it's entirely possible that there's something in this movie that I just completely missed. The, the argument I heard was that it basically was the trope of a man pretending to be a woman and killing people. Um, whereas I'm like, he's not pretending to be a woman. He had no intention of that happening. He was just in a headspace that a magical dagger could talk to him. And he was willing to accept that and then do what this magical dagger asked him to do because it's what he wanted to do already. I don't think that he ever had any intention of purposefully switching bodies with her. He seemed to be just as surprised as everybody else and also unhappy. I just realized that they actually have the scene in which they're in a bathroom, but it's not Millie in the bathroom. It's Millie in the butcher's body in the men's restroom. And, and she does nothing. She terrorizes a bully in a bullying way that happens in, in school bathrooms all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like they have the, the uh, wrong gender in a body in a bathroom and it's fine. So I don't know. I guess people can read that scene however they want to, but uh, I like it. Um, I, um, I have of late been questioning my, my gender and I'm not doing anything about it. It's what I said too. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, this time next year, I might be Donald. I don't know. Please pick a but, different name. Okay. If I you will. really love that name, it's totally your choice, but I'm, I'm begging you, Donna, you are so much better than a Donald. Oh, not Donald, Donald. Oh, Donald. That's fine. You can be Donald. Yeah, but no, I probably wouldn't pick <laughs> Donald. I would probably pick something a little more androgynous. Um, so I say that not to lend any extra weight to my opinion, just, just being um, straightforward and honest. Um, straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing I really appreciated, and I think I mentioned it earlier, is neither one of them were comfortable new body. Okay. Mm-hmm. Millie did not suddenly become a straight man because she was in a man's body. And uh, the butcher did not suddenly become a straight woman because he was in Millie's. Uh, they, they remained who they were. They maintained their gender identity um, through the, through, through the entire body swap episode. And from my point of view, I thought they were really respectful of the whole trans. So I am so, but as, as Adrian mentioned, if your opinion of this, if your experience of this was different, I respect that. Also let us know, like, like feel free to hit us up on Twitter and tell us why we're wrong respectfully. Yeah. Don't (laughs) tell us we're, we're dumb. Just tell us. You don't have to tell us things we already know. (laughs) Um, I also yeah. really appreciate how, like, they never joked really about Millie's body being weaker. It was smaller, and he clearly had some kind of super strength going on. And he was frustrated by not having that, but they never made that into a joke necessarily. 
And then at the end, you know, they have the whole line, strength doesn't come from um, whatever they said. Like one of them said something, Booker said something to Millie about strength not coming from her body. And so then at the end to allow her to physically defeat him, I thought was also really, really nice. Yeah, she did. She did. Millie in her own body defeated him in his own body. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That was a really great choice. Oh, there's another thing I wanted to talk about. I am so loving this trend of really good boyfriends in horror movies because we've got Booker. We've got the kid in Halloween, the boy in Halloween. Yeah. And there were some others that I had in my head before we started this, but um, I, as I'm sure some viewers, viewers, listeners would say dumb and I didn't take notes. But uh, yeah, just this trend we have of these really good male love interests in horror movies that uh, I don't feel like you see a lot. And I appreciate them. Well, just your two examples. It's Blumhouse. Once again, this is... Oh, shit, it is. Yeah. (laughs) This is, you know, this is another... (laughs) Just another one of the many reasons they get a a lot of chances with me. They are actively trying to be better and make the horror genre better. Uh, Miles Robbins, though, he played the character in Halloween, and he played almost essentially the same character in Blockers, just the really, really fucking actually nice boy. Yeah. You had the same nice boy in uh, Happy Death Day, which is also Blumhouse. Yeah. God damn it, it is Blumhouse. Which they sound mad. I'm I'm not mad about it. (laughs) You know, Blumhouse is, is genuinely trying. They don't, they don't always... They don't get it right 100% of the time, but they're definitely trying. They're listening. Sorry That's for the all dog. Right. Sorry for the dog. Yeah, they're listening and and they're they're doing things. And that is, I don't know, maybe that shouldn't be a lot or feel like as much as it is because it's fucking 2021. But it for reasons, it is a big deal. And I appreciate it. Same. Well, and I like that Blumhouse, they, they are not trying to change horror they know what horror is they're not trying to class it up and make it a thriller or a elevated horror yeah they're not yeah they're not trying to do the a24 bullshit does with their things and i like that i like that it's like no we know exactly what it is we know what you know what people enjoy we're just trying to be better and do better than you know they're still doing uh, for lack of a better word right now, cheesy horror movies. They're just doing it with more modern sensibilities that aren't shitty. Yeah, that's fair. Whereas I think maybe one of my issues with A24 and the stuff like that is people keep calling it elevated horror. And I'm like, it's the same thing it's always been. Like, they're still using all the same tropes. Yeah, the movies are fucking gorgeous, but there's not actually anything new being done here. Yeah. That's I I think that's fair. It just sounded like I hate A24 a whole lot. And I'm going to admit that they're not my favorite, but I don't hate them as much as it just sounded like I did. I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan because I just I just don't feel like horror needs to be elevated. Horror is what it is and leave it alone. Leave it alone. I don't I don't hate A24. I just want them to be honest. If it's going to be something in their in their marketing be honest with it don't don't trick me to see something that i think is going one thing that's where i get annoyed with them you know but there's some things i'm like okay i can tell exactly what this is but then there's other things i'm like what the hell am i watching what you know 
it comes at night, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't like the idea that that these movies are somehow better than other horror movies. Because like I said, they're not doing, I find the Blumhouse movies more interesting because they are attempting to do, they're, they're modernizing it. They're doing yeah. something new here. They're bringing in new things. Whereas A24 is just the same stuff, but prettier. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why I also like Jordan Peele, because he knows exactly, you know, he he likes to correct. He's like, no, it's not elevated horror. He goes, this has always been here. This is just through exactly. my experience, my eyes, which I like that. Like, you know, he's he's very, very upfront about that. Where, yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's why the horror genre is successful and why it it does have the why it has the legs to stay and it always has is because it adapts and for the record i love angst like i should love everything that a24 is giving me like angst is totally my jam so like they're 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 failing me in some way because i want everything that they're selling to me so that's kind of how i feel because it's like this is pretty and it's got some spooky aesthetic and like, why aren't you better? Like, yeah, it's like, I'm here. Like I'm totally here for this. I want this to work for you. I'm literally the Homer meme of just, or the fry meme of shaking my hand, my hand of money, like take my money. Like I am that meme. And then it's still like, (sighs) yeah, yeah. I just, I get to the, like, I don't know. I, I want a 20, this different podcast now. I want a 24 to be giving me movies like Mandy and the color out of space. And they're giving me Midsummer and hereditary. And I'm like, this isn't bad, but I don't think it's what you think it is. I mean, Heret- I, of course I didn't see Midsummer for, for reason. Um, I probably will go watch it at some point. No, hereditary had some solid moments. I still remember. What, wasn't there like a half dozen of us that went to go see it? Oh together? yeah. There was a whole gaggle of us together. <laughs> and, and me and Ryan both yelling out at the same moment and then sitting there going, <gasps> you and Ryan were fantastic to sit beside during hereditary. <laughs> I just, I, I, I want to state that <laughs> you were fantastic. It got some reactions, which, you know, honestly is really what I want from media is to get an emotional reaction from me. And Hereditary succeeded in that. Uh, but this episode isn't about Hereditary. I'm sorry. Let me pull you can go, back. You can go listen to our Hereditary episode and our Midsummer episode, because I know that we talk at length about A24 and their bullshit. So <laughs> I think also our witch episode, since the witch is like often considered to be elevated horror as well. Yeah. All right. So do we have anything else before we move on to rule polling quote? I just really enjoyed the movie. We can talk about A24 some more. All right. Well, I've got our quote, which is, don't underestimate a straight white man's uh, penchant for violence. It just felt apropos. The world. Yeah. All right. Should be our new tagline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, then, Adrian, you have our rule. Don't be on a bench alone at night. There were many reasons for her to be there and plenty of reasons for her to not be there. Um, you know, her friends left her on the bench. Her mom was supposed to pick her up. Uh, just go with your friends. Like, if your mom's not there and your friends are leaving, just go with them. Just don't be alone on a bench at night. Maybe call your mom and say, hey, I'm leaving with my friends. But... Yeah, like just drop a text. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm my friend's taking me home. We discussed- Maybe your mom will be pissed. 
maybe she'll be upset because she's like, I already left the house. What the fuck? But you know what? You should have already parent, been there. Yeah. As a parent, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, your parents should fucking be there to pick you up when they say they're going to be there. Say it. In seven years, not been that hard. Uh, it's been inconvenient as fuck. But, you know, I put her in these places where I then need to go pick her up from these places. So just, just go pick your kids up. And if you can't and you're late and they're getting a ride from somebody else, just don't be pissed because they made it home alive and not body swapped with a serial killer. Yeah. That's been my parental rant today. Enjoy. Totally reasonable expectation to have if you fail to pick up your child. I mean, it could happen. No, um, no, I totally acknowledge things happen. Maybe for whatever reason you can't pick up your kid. Don't be pissed when they find a different ride home. We did. We did discuss at length variations on this rule. Like don't leave your friends alone on a bench don't leave your kid alone on a bench um and it all just boiled down to just don't don't be on a bench alone at night when there's a serial killer running around um stone she did have options like she was offered a ride and she rejected it and so i'm not saying that it's her fault she was on the bench but she had a play in it so just don't be on that bench (laughs) or don't you know don't wait till nobody's there and then decide well maybe my mom's not coming and my phone's about ready to die yeah yeah Cause I know whenever I was in school and maybe this is a problem with cell phones, but you know, whenever I was in school, we didn't have cell phones. So it was like, if your person's not there to pick you up, you just have to make a fast decision. Um, and, and I remember like, you know, you don't drop your friends off at their house and then drive away before they're inside. Um, you don't like, like you wait with your friend. If you have a car and your friend doesn't have a car, you just fucking wait with them. It's not a, do you want me to wait? It was a, I'm just waiting with you now. Yeah. And, and I, I still do that. You know, when I drop someone off, I still wait to make sure they got inside. Um, when It weirds we were, people out sometimes now. Yeah. But when we were still, you know, meeting in person, I would, I would always, I would sit in my car to make sure that, you know, so it's just, that's a habit that just sticks with you. As a latchkey kid who chronically lost their key, um, I also definitely wait for people to get inside and appreciate when people do the same to me. Yeah. I, if I'm giving a ride, I'm waiting for somebody. They, you know, it's, it's just what you're supposed to do. You know, it doesn't make for an interesting movie, <laughs> but you know, yeah, just don't be alone on the bench. Yeah. She didn't have to be. Yeah. There were, there were, there were choices. All right. And I have our poll. Which is, if you switch places with a serial killer, how would you convince your friends that it's really you? Uh, I'll go ahead and go first, because I think mine will probably be the easiest answer. And it will just probably be talk about my not-so-secret boyfriends and using (laughs) verbiage that I know that they're familiar with. Yeah, that would do it. That would do it. (laughs) Like Donna's like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, that would. I just ask you your your opinion about Admiral Thrawn, and that would fix it. Oh, can I change my answer? Can I just start talking about Thrawn? <laughs> let me change. Let me go back and change my answer. Why am I blushing as I'm even just saying that shit? <laughs> you are. Oh I, my gosh, Kenzie's so pink. <laughs> I am so red. Um, I'll go next. Yeah, please, Donna, go next as I'm fanning so, myself to. Though I actually, I've got a couple not so secret boyfriends of my own. Um. But no, I think what I might do is encourage you guys, this group specifically, I might encourage you guys to ask me about my opinion of love triangles between vampires and... <gasps> that would be perfect, Donna. <laughs> Wait, I don't know the answer to this. 
You don't? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh. Oh wait, yes I do, yes I do. Don't fuck dead things. Don't fuck dead things. I remember now because I was like, no, maybe fuck some dead things. <laughs> well that's that is completely <laughs> in keeping with who you are. Yeah, I mean, you know. I feel like for me it's in completely in keeping with who I am. I like the living vibrant. I mean, don't fuck all dead things. No. Only undead things. No. And not all undead things, just Mm-mm-mm. select undead things Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. with attractive Mm-mm. decay. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> no. All right. What about you, Adrian? <laughs> um, I I think I've already established the code word for like something's gone wrong, which is hey guys, I really love that everything that Felicia Day has added to girl nerd culture. <laughs> All right. Yeah, <laughs> I would be like, let's let's tackle Adrian and tie tie them to a chair and um, find a way to remove this invader in their body. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think and they're tiny, so we could do it. I am very tiny. It would I would not be difficult to tie. There are kittens that can beat me in fights. I'm just I'm just going to have Adrian tucked up under my arm for a little while, walk around. <laughs> You honestly, that could be the whole movie. Just, just me being carried around while people try to solve the problem of tiny, tiny me being inhabited by a serial killer. But yeah, I think, I think just like just ask my opinion on Felicia Day, or uh, I mean, that's a solid one. That's a good one. Yeah, to because know. Felicia Day is generally well regarded, so your opinion is different than yeah, yeah. And this is good to know. This is also happening. try to feed me mac and cheese if I get anywhere near eating it it's not me or or runny scrambled eggs or runny scrambled eggs oh yeah basically any food that doesn't have the perfect texture i'm out all right these are good things to know all right see if i order my burnt my sandwich with or without sauce with is not me okay all right do we have anything else before we close the book on freaky no i just want to once again congratulate adrian on living there just not she. Their authentic life and how proud I am of you Thank to you. to take this big step to come out to our tens of listeners. That seems know. generous, but thank yeah. you. <laughs> I was going to say our listeners, but Donna put a number on it. That's fine. <laughs> I was yeah. trying to make a joke. I actually yeah. think we have more than tens. Do you? I always assume we have like six. We we used to get, um, I haven't checked the numbers in a very long time, but we used to get several hundred. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. There's a lot more of you guys that I've been cussing at than I realized. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, I Donna said everything perfectly and I just, I, I can't, uh, I can't compete with that, but everything Donna said. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I love you guys. We love, love you. It. This is only moderately, um, related so i don't know if billy wants to like make this at the end after the credits or cut it out entirely or whatever but um i guess there's this movie called daniel isn't real that uh celebrated its premiere at the 2019 south by southwest and it has uh miles robbins in it which is why i found it and they asked him a question about this movie oh they the daily dead asked him um i was wondering if you guys could talk about what it was like to immerse yourself in your respective roles and dig into all these different thematic elements like depression, identity, sexuality, and toxic behavior. And Miles Robbins says, oh yeah, I think there's a lot about this, 
I think there's a lot about the story that to me speaks a lot of truth to the experience of being a young man coming of age right now. This idea that a man is one thing and that one thing is sexual and confident. That sexuality comes from a place of conquest. It's a very brutally toxic world that young men think they should inhabit around that age. I have a younger cousin and she was recently telling us some stuff that the boys in her, in her high school were talking about. I was like, wow, right? Young men have a really hard time knowing it's okay to talk to each other and share with each other sensitivity that they might feel inside or the delicate nature of human existence. Often the dialogue that goes on, I think, in a lot of young men's minds is based on societal pressures. And those pressures encourage a really dark internal dialogue and something that leaves these young men to feel entitled, to feel like their confidence can only come from a kind of attitude of being a conqueror. For me, there's a lot about what Luke is going through that reminds me of finding confidence with Daniel. And then it talks more about the movie, um, but blah, 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 blah. There's just a lot of brutal stuff that happens as a result of Daniel's influence and the influence of this internal dialogue that I think is so common for young men, finding that empathy of what it is to be driven to a place of cruelty because the ideas you have about what you're supposed to be. And I just thought that that was really relevant to the tangent of the roles that Tim, that Tim Robbins, that Miles Robbins seems to choose to play. And uh, yeah, that's very that's good. I like it. Yeah, I do too. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we are on social media. Uh, we are at Beyond Cabin on Twitter. And of course, we have a webpage, which is beyondthecabininthewoods.com. We have an Instagram page, which uh, pretty sure that is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods as well. The person who does it is still sitting on that bench outside the football game. That's right. So, um, so apparently we have no idea what our handle is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Donna, where can we find you on social media? I am at Dragon Goblin um, and that's without the last I in Goblin. Um, and you can find me at Dragon Goblin on Twitter, at Dragon Goblin on Instagram and um that's me and you can find me on twitter and instagram at calista 77 it's a bunch of my nonsense uh you can find me on twitter at at junkyard poet sorry i just blanked for a second i was like what is my twitter handle and as always thanks to our editor billy he makes us sound awesome and professional thank you billy and yeah everyone just uh it's a little bit wicked out there with weather and uh, just be safe out there okay and don't read the Latin. Or stab your friends with magic daggers. Do you know what horror is? Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people.